Hey guys, welcome to the Keeper Connection with myself, Andrew Stringer. This is a podcast made by the Keepers for the Keepers, and I'm looking forward to bringing you guys tips, advice, stories, and insight into the goalkeeping position. In today's episode, I have Cavalry FC goalkeeper Marco Carducci joining me on the show. Uh, Marco has plenty of professional experience playing for the likes of the Vancouver Whitecaps, the Calgary Foothills in the PDL, and Rio Grande FC Valley in the USL, as well as making appearances for the Canadian national team at the U17, U20, and U23 levels. In addition to this podcast, I've also provided a link to some additional content where Marco and I discuss his initial thoughts and experiences in the CPL, as well as some talk about becoming spring CPL champions with Cavalry. Uh, We'll get straight into this one. This is the Keeper Connection, this time with Marco Carducci. So let's go to that question. How did a young Marco Carducci get started in goalkeeping? (laughs) I... uh... You know, I grew up in a in a very very soccer oriented family. My my background is Italian. Um, my dad played, still plays to this day. Um, I have an older brother who who still plays to this day as well. And even my mom played soccer. We all love the sport. Um, and and I've you know my earliest memories are pretty much of of me being out in the backyard playing with my brother, playing with my dad. So you know, I I've been immersed in the game and and I've loved the game uh forever really and um you know i guess i I, i'd gone through the same path as most kids you start off in the you know the the little we had our timbits we called it right uh the literally kind of stuff and you know pretty much as soon as i was walking i was playing so uh you know since i was a young kid just fell in love with the game uh both on and off the field i'd watch it all the time um you know we're big lazio supporters that's the part of italy that my my dad's family's from and you know, there's, again, there's, there's pictures of me as a kid. I, I don't even remember, but, you know, I'm, I'm a baby wearing a Lazio jersey, right? So it, it was just like, you could call it brainwashed, <laughs> I suppose, but I just, uh, I just fell in love with the game from such an early age. And um, I guess around, I would say around eight or nine was when I started kind of uh, leaning towards being a goalkeeper. Um, again, I don't remember before that as much, but I was, I was told that I, I always loved just going in goal anyway. Um, I, I'd be the first one to put my hand up to, to go in the net with my, you know, U seven teams or U six teams, whatever it was. And, and even just playing around my family, like I said, um, a big part of that though, for sure was my dad. Uh, he, he loved the position. He plays the position. He played it when he was younger. And I think he kind of nudged me in that direction as well. But, uh, like I said, around, eight or nine years old, I, I started putting the gloves on more often. And then before I knew it, it was pretty much full time. Did, did your brother play in goal as well? Or was he an outfield player? He was an outfield player. So he was uh, the odd one out in that, in that sense, I guess. Uh, I just think he, he, it was never for right. him sort of thing. Um, but like I said, I, it, it worked because we, we, we were able to just, you know, if he needed someone to, to shoot on, I was the one to go in the goal and and we, we both benefited from yeah. that for so sure. Would your dad, would you say your dad was your first goalkeeper coach then if he played as well? A hundred percent. I yeah, I could even say that he's still one of my goalkeeper coaches to this day. <laughs> yeah. You know, even, even now just chatting about the position and, you know, he does a lot of coaching 
as well. And, and we always speak about little things here and there, different, different techniques, different, uh, different ways about going and doing, dealing with different situations. We're, we're talking about the position all the time, um, which is, which has just been a, a bond for both of us. But my dad was without a doubt, um, one of the, if not the biggest reasons for me to, to kind of get to where I am today. And, um, you know, I owe a lot to him in that sense. Uh, When was, so then if your dad's coaching you up to a certain point, when did you go to maybe more, you know, integrated goalkeeper training with other goalkeepers? Did that ever come up for you? Yeah, for sure. So again, I I was super fortunate. And again, a, a lot of thanks goes out to my, to my old man for that because, Pretty much as soon as as I started taking the position seriously, so I'd say around ten years old, um, you know, I was lucky uh, to have my dad as my coach. We we were able to go out in the backyard. There's there's two schools behind my goal behind my uh, behind my house, so we just go out on the pitch uh, and just train all the time. And and you know, I loved it, and it was uh, it was a bonding thing for us. But you know, he was he knew that um, you know I had something to give and and uh he pushed me along and i was just super lucky to have him because he he you know basically was the one who got me to where i was and i would say kind of to answer your question then would be around uh 13 14 years old i kind of started getting noticed by the the white caps academy system uh and then obviously when i made the move out there at 14 that was uh kind of my first taste of obviously the professional environment uh so from a really early age all i've really known in that sense is that kind of professional level that professional training environment but again it, it obviously would not have happened without uh without all the training me and my dad went through and all the all the lessons he taught me all the time and effort he put into it so again just can't say enough about about awesome, that part man. of life i mean that's that's really interesting that basically up until vancouver came in you were basically just you and your dad for most of the time yeah, pretty much. I mean, uh, definitely, you know, went went through some camps and did sessions with other keeper coaches, and we were really open to all that too. But but again, I was just so lucky, so fortunate to uh, be able to. Literally, I'm, I'm not kidding. We just walk out in the backyard and, and train. So I never had anything uh, stand in the way, right? It was it was right there for me. So yeah, I owe a lot to my dad for putting in that That's time awesome. and effort. That's for super me. unique and man, yeah, like you said, very fortunate, very lucky, but. Wow. Yeah, that's cool, man. Um, mm-hmm. How did yeah, no, thank your you. move to, is it Vancouver Residency? Was that the program, what it was called? So how, how yes, did that right. kind of come about? You said you were scouted, but how did that kind of develop? Yeah, it, it was sort of like, I think, a couple year process in a way. Um, so as I obviously started kind of making my way up through the system locally here in Calgary, I was um, a part of the Alberta uh, provincial teams. Um, so I think when I first started getting involved with the provincial teams, um, that's sort of when the Whitecaps, um, they were expanding their, their residency program at that time uh, to include an a under-16 team with players from around the country. So they, I, I kind of also was fortunate with that, that the timing worked out really well for me. Uh, but I, I would say that, you know, got involved with the Alberta provincial teams, played at the national championships, um, and I think you know, kind of standout performances and and um, just being involved in and around those situations kind of got my uh, my face out there more often, and got involved with the old uh, NTC, the national training program, 
the the centers they had throughout the country so I was involved with that as well um here in Calgary and I think that was kind of when uh they started seeing my development over maybe a year or so uh and then in uh 2011 earlier in the year they um had a basically a combine where they invited in quite a lot I think it was around 60 70 players from BC uh Alberta even even out into um Manitoba and I think a few players from Ontario also made the way out there where that was kind of like their final assessment of of the guys that they were interested in bringing and you know I got the the letter of uh, that I was invited to join the program right after that so like I said it, it was a steady steady process over over about a year year and a half and, uh, or so. so you signed for the residency at, at 14 yeah, I was just about 15 years old. Um, but yeah, I was, uh, I was uh, 14 going on 15 when I made the move out there. So it was my um, going into grade 10, basically. And what was that like? Because that's quite a young age to make the move to go from, you know, obviously your, your home province to, to BC. Mm-hmm. How did you cope with, with that change? It was definitely a big change for sure. Um, you know what, looking back, and, and I've said this before, I thought it would have been tougher than it was uh, in terms of, you know, that dealing with being away from home. And, you know, I'm, again, Italian background, so super family oriented. And it it was it was tough. I'm not taking anything away from that. It was definitely tough. But uh, I got to give credit to the Whitecaps program for for the way it was ran. Um, You know, I was put with um, the the out of town players lived in billet families that were I was really fortunate to have have two really good families that I got to to live with especially the the second family that I lived with there after the first year was um their their family to me now uh to this day so you know really lucky to to have that and and that just made the the move less difficult for sure to be in an environment like that but one thing I'll say too is that you know it was just full 100% immersion into professional training and a professional program so you know, the, from the day we got there, I was not used to training the way we did. Um, you know, early morning gym sessions, school right after, straight to training after, training at a level I've never trained before, being pushed every single day, uh, and then repeat. Uh, I remember the first week I was there, I was like, I was passed out in my bed at like 8.30 <laughs> in the evening. I was just so tired. So I think that first kind of shock also just made it, um, you didn't really have time to think about anything. But but I will say that, you know, that was my 100% goal. It's where I wanted to be. Um, you know, I wanted to be in that professional environment and, and working my way up. So I loved every every minute of it. Really. And then at what, what point did you did you sign professionally with Vancouver? Uh, it was when I was 17 years old. So about three years later, um, I was about halfway through grade 12. Um the couple of years before that, I, I just kind of worked my way up, but then, um, you know, was invited to join the first team on preseason that year. So that was the start of the 2014 season. Uh, and then, yeah, I was fortunate enough to, to have impressed the staff and kind of made my mark and then, um, signed my first pro deal, uh, at 17 years old. Then, so yeah. 2014. So I know you played a couple of matches in the Canadian championship with Vancouver, correct? Right. Yeah. I know in 2014, that was the year of the World Cup, and you played against Toronto in Toronto. 
And yeah. I was actually at the game that day, and I was I was like, I'm sure it's Marco <laughs> Carducci playing goal. And I looked back, it is you. Um, and that was the year, you know, Jermaine Defoe came to Toronto, uh, Michael Bradley, and Julius Cesar was there as well. Um, uh-huh. so yeah. go to the World Cup and play with Brazil. Um, do you remember that 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 game? And and can you tell me anything about that experience playing that night? Oh, it was amazing. Yeah, I, you know, looking back now, it's crazy to think that that's been um, already right. five years uh, <laughs> since then. It's it's insane to think about that. But yeah, it was an unbelievable experience. So that was my my pro debut. Um, you know, I remember being in the locker room before the game and. Um, myself, along with uh, quite a few other the, the young guys, um, got opportunities to play that game. So we put out a pretty young and inexperienced team. And then you saw Michael Bradley and Jermaine Defoe on the team sheet for Toronto. So it was like, you know, kind of baptism by fire sort of thing for us. Um, but yeah, I mean, just an amazing, amazing experience uh, playing at BMO. Um, you know, like, like I said, it, it was it was tough. It was difficult. Uh, I was nervous, of course. Um, there were there were some good moments. There were definitely some bad moments throughout the game, for sure. But uh, you know, I just I just loved every minute of it. And looking back, it was um, it was just such a such a cool experience at, at a young age. And um, that was kind of when I, like I said, it was just like you got thrown into the frying pan, and you, you knew exactly what it was like uh, to play at that pro level. So for me, it was just it was eye opening and just a, an incredible experience. Definitely one that. I will never For forget. Sure, man. I mean, I remember when I, because I wasn't sure if you were going to start or if maybe it was David Osted at the time was there as well. He he was the starter yeah. at the time. Um, and then there was a Italian goalkeeper actually named Paolo Tornaghi, who was the, the the number two. So it was basically, it was us three for those first couple right. of years. Because I remember when I was in the stands and I brought my friend who had never been to a game before in Toronto. And I was like, dude, this kid's 17 and he's playing main the ball of Michael Bradley and I was like blowing away man I remember you played really well as well to be fair oh um, thank you did Julius Cesar play that night do you remember he didn't no I, I remember I remember walking past him in the tunnel uh he didn't play that night um but nonetheless it was it was pretty cool to just to to get the chance to kind of be on the same field as him and and like I said I walked by and shook his hand it was, it was pretty cool neat. man um yeah. so after Vancouver you you move to Rio Grande Valley, is that right? Yes. And so yeah. what was um you know, how did that move come about? What was the decision process behind leaving Vancouver and going to to Grand Valley? Uh yeah, so for me, you know, I, I think a lot of goalkeepers go through this. Um again, I mean, spent a long time in Vancouver and absolutely loved it, but at a point, um things were kind of plateauing for me there. Um, I spent three seasons with the first team and, um, you know, was, was grateful for that opportunity and it was, and it was, uh, huge for, for my development. But the big thing I was missing was games. Um, and you know, that's, that's definitely an issue for a lot of young goalkeepers because obviously only one guy can be playing at a time. Right. So, um, after just kind of grinding my way through a couple of years, with the first team in Vancouver and just not getting a lot of consistent playing time. And, you know, part of that for, for sure was on me. I, you know, I wasn't, wasn't making the strides I wanted to, wasn't being as consistent as I wanted to. And, you know, there's, there's a lot of, a lot of parts uh, to a professional team like that. You have guys who 
everyone wants to be playing. Everyone needs to be getting minutes. And um, so after a couple of years, uh, the the third year with uh, the Whitecaps, we we decided to part ways. Um, you know, for me, it was tough because uh, it was something new, right? That's all I knew at that time was was the Whitecaps system and, and being a part of that program and kind of being like, you know, uh, an up-and-comer uh, throughout the club. And, um, you know, I think at the, looking back, the – the move was was definitely the best decision um because i needed to get out i needed to i needed to have a chance to to go play and get minutes and get experience elsewhere so you know at the time it, it was definitely difficult but uh in between that season and and the next i kind of weighed my options i looked around fortunately uh, had a lot of people helping me um you know get get my name out and and get uh get noticed a bit so how it all came about with Rio Grande Valley was uh, I actually joined Minnesota United for preseason uh, that January. Um, thanks to my goalkeeper coach in Vancouver, Marius Ravda, who went out. He left Vancouver the same year I did and, and went to uh, be the goalkeeper coach there. Uh, he, he brought me along and I spent a little while with them. Uh, it didn't work out at the time. And uh, it was pretty much Marius who also just used his connections throughout the league. And uh, he got me in touch with the goalkeeper coach at Houston Dynamo. And then from that point, Rio Grande Valley is uh, the Dynamo's affiliate USL team. Uh, and, you know, fortunately, they, uh, they were in need of a goalkeeper and wanted to bring me along and, and see how I did. So that's kind of how it came out. You know, people talk about it and it can be very cliche, but the game really is all about connections and who you know, and, you know, that was just a perfect example of it for, for me. For sure, man. I mean, I, in my own personal experience, I know the exact same thing, but speaking to, you know, guys like Nate, Nico, Matt Silva, all in the CPL, they've all said the same thing. Um, definitely, you want to say that you get there all on your own merit, but at times you, you have to be honest and be like, I get these opportunities because of certain people. Um, for sure. I, I know no, Marius sure. is... Is a keeper coach in the CPL now too, right? That's correct. Yeah. So now he's actually uh, out at Pacific That's FC it, right? yeah. uh, in Victoria. Yeah. Beautiful. So you, you play it real, real grande, and and you you're there for a season, um, and then you after that season you had different USL offers coming through before moving back to Calgary, correct? So yeah. how did you make that decision between you know? decided to go from the USL or go to the PDO with Calgary? How do you decide to make that decision? It definitely wasn't an easy one. I'll say that right off the bat. Um, so after my year at the Rio Grande Valley, you know, I, I didn't get very much playing time again. And uh, early on in the year, there were some issues with getting work permits and, and visas and same kind of thing. A lot of goalkeepers vying for one spot. So, the end of the day, it, it just didn't really work out well for me there. Uh, and around, I would say, probably halfway through the year there, and I'm talking literally rumors on Twitter. Uh, just, you know, you're, you're just seeing, like, tweets here and there, and people starting to talk about this thing called the CPL. Um, and I'll be honest with you, like, pretty much as soon as I heard about it and ramblings about it, and again, just literally just rumors from, from early days, um, I kind of bought into it. I was excited. I was optimistic. And I started reaching out to, to people that I knew um, that were 
you know, rumored to be involved or people that I expected might have, have some, some parts to play. So I actually um, reached out locally to Tommy Wielden, who I knew, uh, I knew he was somewhat involved and I kind of asked him again, uh, there wasn't a whole lot to be said at that time because everything was, was very hush hush, of course. Um, But I just started hearing about it. And then I spoke more with Tommy and, you know, he, he told me as much as he could, uh, which wasn't a whole lot of the time. But again, I, I was very optimistic and hopeful about it. Um, but one thing I'll say is that, and, and, you know, we already touched on this, that Tommy had a plan in place with the Foothills PDL team for all of last year. So all of 2018 was kind of laid out. And uh, for me, just having the chance to go back home, um, to be in an environment where, you know, I knew I'd be comfortable and be able to to be around my family and friends and just just kind of like take some some weight off of my back sort sure. of thing while also knowing that you know this cpl um you know steadily more news kept coming out steadily more things were officially announced and like i said i just bought into to the plan that tommy had put in place and um i knew that the the pdl season last year was more or less just a uh kind of a, a preparation uh for the cpl this year so a uh, long story short was you know just steadily hearing new things here and there and then um when i eventually came back home for the off season uh you know i had a chance to sit down with tommy and and review everything and and see kind of what what he what he wanted to get out of it for me and kind of what was in the works and like i said i I loved every bit of it and i was optimistic from the start and i just bought right into it i mean you guys prepped really well and i mean you guys have done really well so far so (laughs) for sure yeah it's uh so far it's definitely paid off absolutely man i mean so you've worked with some you know top goalkeepers and goalkeeper coaches through your career obviously um we mentioned david osted already uh marius Ravda, um even stephanie LeBay, who was just with the the canadian national team in the world cup um mm-hmm. and then also now at calvary with you know jordan santiago i know and 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 nico obviously as well you know how important is it to have in any team to have that kind of stature of, of players and coaches around you and your, your training and your preparation. Uh, you know, I, I don't think it can be, uh, you know, said how, how important it really is. It's, it's massive. Um, I've been super fortunate to have been able from, from a really young age to see all those pros uh, in Vancouver uh, same thing when I when I was down in Texas, I got to spend some time with the Dynamo, and you just you just meet people, you 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 see different styles of goalkeeping, you you get different types of coaches, and every little bit, um, you know, I feel like there's always there's something you can take from everybody. Um, so I you know can't say enough how fortunate I was to have had the coaches and the, and the and the people around me that I did. I think the the whole GK Union is obviously a a hashtag that gets thrown around on social media a lot, but it, it's, it's legit. It's a real thing, you know, and um, having that, that strong connection between the goalkeepers. I mean, it, it's a unique position. Uh, and I think only, you know, goalkeepers who, who've been through it can really relate in a way, you know? So when you have that those strong relationships uh, that you've built with, with coaches and other keepers, it goes a really long way. And I, I've been fortunate enough to have had, had a lot of those for sure. sure. I mean, like you, like you mentioned earlier, it's about, you know, that culture and I'm sure when you train with those caliber of goalkeepers, a culture kind of creates itself at times. 
Um, exactly. You know, yeah. some of those goalkeepers I mentioned there, um, you know, do you find that there's a specific trait that, you know, make them as good as they are? that you've worked with that that you see in yourself that you see in them that you're like, this is, you know, what it takes to be a professional goalkeeper. For sure. I think, uh, you know, goalkeepers are obviously different, right? Some people, different styles, different ways of playing. So I think, you know, among, among the goalkeepers I've worked with, there's definitely some, some differences uh, between them, but something that, that I think is consistent with everybody is just, you see what, what separates the, the great from the good and the rest sort of thing is um, just the, the work rate, the professionalism. Um, I think that's something that we've built really well here in, in the CPL with Cavalry, with uh, Jordan, myself, and Nico. Um, you know, every day we go into work, we're just pushing each other to be better. Um, that starts from, from Jordan holding us to a high standard and and uh, making sure that you know we're – working on the things we need to be working on to, you know, between Nico and myself, pushing each other every day, trying to get the most out of each other and, and keeping each other accountable. Um, but, but like I said, you know, I, I saw it firsthand with, with guys like David Usted in Vancouver and uh, um, down in, in Texas um, with Houston Dynamo training with the first team there, Joe Willis. You see these guys who are, you know, steady, week in week out consistent performers but you see all the work that gets put in behind the scenes and then you know for me that was just eye-opening to see yeah that's what it takes to be at the at the top of your game at all at all times so just really fortunate to to have to have seen all those little things that play into you know making making the top goalkeepers what they are exactly i mean it's, it's probably more you know as you get older as well obviously people in the game know that keepers tend to peak around, you know, mid to late twenties, even into their thirties. Um, mm-hmm. And obviously you being, I mean, you're how old now? 22. Yeah. You know, that's being right. so young, and, but being able to, you know, look up to these guys and, and pick out bits and pieces of what they do to, you know, maintain their standards. will also only going to help you in the long run for sure. Exactly. Um, what, quality in in goalkeeping do you think you've had to work on the most in your professional career um you know i think i think there's there's definitely uh a lot of different answers to that question there's there's a lot of parts of the game that um i always want to constantly be improving and working on i think i think the physical element of of making the step up to the pro game you know that was something i i got a a quick taste of as a, as a 17 year old making my pro debut, um, you know, it's, it's physical, it's fast. Uh, so that was something that, you know, really early on, you, you knew that like you have to be able to keep up physically. Um, you know, that was definitely one that, that, you know, I've continued to work on, but you, even so uh, just with time, I think I, I would say the same thing about, you know, just decision-making and, you know, it's pretty wide open these answers, but you know, in the game that there's just so many bits and pieces that, that have to come together. Um, so I guess, I guess it would definitely be just the, the physical element of the game. You know, I think some, some goalkeepers can get away with being six foot four or six foot five, but uh, uh, I wasn't, I wasn't blessed with, with that height. So, you know, um, you definitely have to make up for it elsewhere. Um, and then just the decision-making as a young kid, you know, 
you might be able to get away with with poor decisions or mistiming things or going into challenges you shouldn't be or being slightly off off centered in the goal or whatever it may be you know and, and at the at the highest level you'll get caught out for all those things so that was something i had to learn as well absolutely man and you mentioned you know constantly looking to improve how how do you you know find ways to keep improving but then you know at the same time not get complacent and keep wanting to improve i think you know for me that's just something that you know intrinsic it just it's been within me forever uh and that's kind of something that i've been working on all my life and in everything I do. Um, I, I always hold myself to a high standard and, you know, I want to be able to, uh, to be the very best at, at everything I do. And when it comes to goalkeeping, it's just, you know, every day is an opportunity to improve. Um, I strongly believe that. I think that, um, you know, it's always just a progress to be slightly better. It's marginal gains every day. So that's something that comes naturally to me. Uh, again, I've been lucky to have people around me that, that have influenced me, my parents um, as starters, but also all the coaches that I've had have you know, constantly pushed me to, to push the limits and, and get better and better. So, um, you know, for me, like I said, it just comes natural. Every, every day I want to go into training and just make myself a little bit better every day. I love day. that, man. Um, you know, I watched um, – I was watching today just – some small interviews scattered of you across YouTube. And I was watching an episode of, of roommates when you were with Vancouver Whitecaps mm-hmm. and it was Jordan yeah. Harvey doing the, the casual interviewing. And in the episode, it was, you know, mentioned that you were taking some online courses at the time. Um, yeah. Is that something that you're still doing now in regards to, you know, self-development, maybe not in business in particular, but is that something you, you tried to, do in, in some way, shape or form. Exactly. Uh, you know, for me that, that obviously came about because um, I made the jump into the program right out, right out of high school. Um, and I, and I, you know, that's exactly what I wanted to do, but obviously that meant I left um, some opportunities to, to go down the college route uh, aside. So for me, it was always going to be a no brainer to, to make sure I kept pursuing my education and uh you know to this day i'm I'm still working away at it um but it also like i said j- j- to your point it's it's just something that i think kind of defines me just always trying to trying to be better uh, to constantly improve myself whether that's again on the field every day at training just just pushing myself a little bit harder analyzing kind of the things i want to work on the things i want to improve and i think that that carries over to off the field Absolutely. as well i mean it's just keeping you know the mind, especially in goalkeeping, is they say it's what ninety percent of the game. If you gotta keep your mind taking over and make sure you're mentally strong. And... Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, um, you do a bit of coaching as well. I know as well. Um, mm-hmm. You know how important is that? You know to do give back to the community and, and work with you know coaching younger players and and even working with younger coaches. How is that? Why is that important to you? You know, it's been very eye-opening, that's for sure, uh, over the last um, year or so that I've done more coaching locally here. Um, you know, f- first of all, for me, it's it's been it's been uh, almost funny just to be able to to see. You know, when when you put yourself in the coach's standpoint and you're uh, telling young kids what to do, it's like I'm I'm telling my, myself the same thing when I'm training, right? So 
uh, it's easy from the coach's standpoint to be like, oh, you got to do it like this. And I'm like, oh, I have to do the same thing <laughs> as well. Uh, so you see it from a different perspective, which is fun. But um, to what you said, I mean, uh, you, even now um, with the CPL, you see how much it means to the, to the next generation, the younger kids. And, you know, I know, I know I'm still pretty young in the, in the grand scheme of things, but I've, I've seen kids that, you know, we, we've coached um, and they come out to watch the game and just how much it means to them and kind of get to see their role models. And, you know, I was that young kid at one point. So for me to be able to give back and, and um, you know, just give a bit of my time and, and some of my knowledge and whatnot when it comes to goalkeeping. And then you just see the impact it makes on, young goalkeepers and young kids who, you know, look up to you and, and, you know, aspire to be in, in our position. It means a lot. And like I said, it's definitely a, a humbling experience for sure. For sure, man. I mean, I've, I've been in the same boat and you, you're not always sure how much of an impact you're making on a kid, but it, it, it's always there. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. For uh, even a good, a good example of it was, uh, you know, one of the, just recently, um, you know, we do some work with some of the local clubs here, uh, you know, Jordan, Nico, and myself. And one of the kids comes to every game. He has one of our jerseys. And, you know, I just actually had a conversation with his dad the other day. And he was just raving about kind of how much he loved us and how much he just, he always wears his gloves. He wears his jersey. And, you know, that it's just like, it makes your day to know how much, how much you're, you're uh, giving back to those kids who, who want to, you know, become a professional goalkeeper or, or just, you know, love the game and, and push for it. So it, uh, it's just nice to, to know that you can make an impact like sure. that. I mean, I think you always have to think back to when you were that age as well and how much that would have meant to you at that age. Exactly. Um, yeah. With you, you know, with you doing some coaching here and there when you can, do you find that there are some maybe common misconceptions about what, you know, people think goalkeeper training is or, or what goalkeeper training should be. Have you ever found that? Absolutely. Yeah, 100%. And you know what? Uh, I think one thing that I've learned is that the game is constantly changing uh, and the position is constantly has to adapt to that change, right? So, um, you know, even within a couple of years, you, you, you see the, the difference and uh, different kind of techniques and styles that are emerging and um, ways to to play the position sort of thing but but for sure i mean it's a it's a unique position and it definitely takes uh there's definitely a lot of misconceptions out there about about what it takes to be a, a top goalkeeper for sure man um actually i watched um one of your post-game interviews um from earlier on in the season um is after al classico is that what they're calling it yeah uh, against yeah <laughs> and I think in that game, you kind of, after the game, discussed the life of a goalkeeper briefly. You know, going, I think in the first half, you had absolutely nothing to do. And then in the second yeah. half, you had almost everything to do. Um, how do you stay involved mentally in a game in those moments where, you know, you don't have much to do and then you're called into action in the, the next moment or next half? You know, yeah, I think that's probably one of the one of the toughest parts of the game, right? There's so for that that example was the perfect one. I mean, you know, we had a lot of possession in the first half. Uh, I wasn't very involved uh, in terms of not having to do too much, but then you have to be able to switch on and be ready to to give your team those saves. And I think that that's uh, 
you know, a common trait among, among, you know, top goalkeepers. So you know, for me to be able to do that is just, again, I think within the, within the game, you, you always have to be switched on regardless. And, uh, you know, it's not about, you know, standing there in your goal and just waiting to make the save. You're involved with the team in the buildup, you're involved communicating and all that stuff keeps you in the game. So for me, I, I, I want to be a presence on the field from kickoff to the final whistle. Uh, and even if that means that you know I haven't had to touch the ball, then I'm pretty glad with that because that means that we've we've done enough in front. I've communicated well, the team's defended well, um, and that keeps you in the game because it's it, there's so much more than just stopping shots, right? There's there's a whole lot more to it than that. And uh, you know if you're if you're tuned in to all the other details, you're going to be in the game. And you know for me, then when I was called upon, I was ready and I was able to make those saves and. And that that's the type of uh, reliable and consistent keeper I want to be. And I also, I mean, in that game, it looked like it was either raining or or something. It was like torrential downpour, winds, and yeah, it was it was freezing. I mean, yeah. I know with <laughs> this being the, the Canadian Premier League, you're gonna come across a vast amount of different types of weather. Um, you know, I've seen snow, rain, sun, and it's been like a month of playing. Um, exactly. You know, is that do you find that an element as well as a goalkeeper that in those games where it's freezing you even then have to be mentally locked in because all you're thinking about is how cold it is yeah absolutely i mean it's just another part that plays into it right <laughs> i mean uh that's the reality of playing in this country for sure you're gonna get you're gonna get a little bit of everything especially in those early months in the season and, and definitely in the later months as well but it's just another element that you have to be like okay you know, it is what it is and you just to stay switched on absolutely man um, you know, obviously you mentioned it in this interview quite a bit, um, your, your dad and his influence on, on you and your game and your development. And I've, I've watched other interviews and you've, you've mentioned him as well in those interviews about how much of an influence has been, you know, what <laughs> has been, you know, the biggest lesson your dad's taught you, um, on the pitch, whether in football or out of football? What do you what would you say that is? I think uh, I think it's something that that's been kind of uh, transferable for both on and off the pitch. It's just about um, you know in in any walk of life and whatever you're doing, just putting in the work, putting in the time, and and persevering. Um, again, I owe a lot to him for for putting in the time and effort. You know, from a young age, all those sessions, all the details, all the things I learned, um, but. Above all of that, it was about just staying consistent, putting in the work every day. There were definitely days where I did not want to go out and train, but we did. Um, you know, there was times where, whether it was, you know, when I was younger or even, like I said, throughout my years in the Whitecaps and uh, down in Texas with the Toros, you know, there's ups and downs along the way. But I knew that something I learned early from him was that you just continue to put in the work no matter what. You keep going. Uh, you do the right things. And that's something that I've, that I've tried to, you know, implement in you know, life on and off the pitch for sure. I love that, man. Cause I, I vibe with that. Cause my, mm -hmm. my, me and my dad have the same kind of relationship. My dad's a goalkeeper as well. And basically was my first coach. So I, nice. I understand exactly what you're talking about. Uh, yeah. I think, you know, he, he just instilled it in me really early. And uh, again, I can go on and on with, with all the, the specifics about, you know, the game and learning and, and, picking up so many things from him but more than anything it was just like you know 
I think that's what set me up to just be, you know, a hard worker, persevere, and just just cons- consistently, you know, put in put in the work that's every day. Early skills from an from an early age, it's, it's the best to do it. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously you mentioned you're a Lazio fan. Um, who or who was your goalkeeper you looked up to growing up? Who do you watch on TV that you were like, that's what I want to be like? Yeah, you know, I I think uh, so. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a Lazio fan, and they've had uh, they're some fantastic goalkeepers I've looked up to. Uh, but I think a lot of people would say this guy for sure. It was definitely Gigi Buffon. Um, I mean, obviously he's he's nearing the end of his career now, and the thing that's been special about him though is you know even over the last 10, 15 years when I was a kid, he was still at the top of his game way back then, and. You could argue even a year or two ago, he was still at the top of his game. Even now, you know, he's still playing at the highest level. And, um, you know, it's easy to say, yeah, he's one of the guys I look up to because, you know, he could arguably, arguably be, you know, one of the best ever. Uh, there's definitely been a lot along the ways, but uh, I think he would be the, the number one for sure. And then aside from, from Buffon, who is your favorite goalkeeper to watch right now? That's a tough one. Uh, you know, I think we've we've spoken about it briefly, just in terms of goalkeepers are changing. Uh, you know, the the guys who are at the very the very top now are, you know, ones who are not only unbelievable shot stoppers and have all those attributes that make goalkeepers great, but they're the ones who have distribution that you know you could put them in the midfield and they could probably do the job as well. Um, I I like personally to to kind of take bits and pieces from from everybody uh, i think there's there's probably a few right now that are at the top of the game and you know you, you have allison uh at liverpool and, and ederson as well who, who just changed the game in terms of their distribution abilities uh, and also just how consistent and how good they are obviously shot stopping and everything else that comes in into play um i think you look at a guy like Tistergen and uh Barcelona and even uh, someone who I think flies on the radar more than he should, but Oblak at uh, Atletico Madrid. Like, there's just bits and pieces from all those goalkeepers throughout throughout the world that uh, personally I'm just trying to see. You know, take a bit here, take a bit there, and see kind of the stuff that I could I could learn from them and, and apply in my own sure. game. I mean, that's the way kids should be. Like, if if any kids are are listening to this that are, are fans of yourself or you know even yourself who's playing professionally in the CPL, you're taking bits and pieces from other goalkeepers. And so they should be doing the exact same thing, looking for ways to implement things as well. Couldn't agree more. Um, Coming towards the end of, of the chat now, man, um, you know, what are your goals for, I guess the rest of the season now for, for yourself personally and for the, the team as well? You know, I obviously going into the season, I, and I, I set some some bigger long term goals through the year and, and for you know the the future sort of thing. But at the same time, I, I like to just keep my focus on one day sure. at a time. Uh, that's another part that I've just constantly you know don't want to look too far ahead and just want to keep uh, plugging away. But you know, as a team, obviously we want to be champions of the league as simple as that. And that's something we, we spoke about early on in the, in the chat was, you know, we, we've won the spring and that's, uh, that was our initial goal, but the job's not done yet. Not, not even close. Right. So, um, you know, 
personally, I want to just continue to, to be doing the work that's, that's given us uh, good results and given me good performances. And, you know, as a team, like I said, we want to go and win it all. Um, I'd love to, to continue to, to stamp myself on, on this league and be a top goalkeeper in the league and, and to just see where that takes me throughout the year and, and for the next year to come. Beautiful, man. I mean, obviously you have the league, but then you also have the Canadian championships as well, which you guys are ironically playing against Vancouver Whitecaps in the next round, correct? Yeah, yeah, it's going to be a fun oh, one. Sweet, man. I mean, that's another thing to, to look forward to. Um, so, like I said, Marco, the podcast is called The Keeper Connection. Um, you know, what's the best way for, for people, fans of, of yourself, fans of the league, to kind of stay in touch with you and what's going on in your career, man? Uh, so, I'm on uh, social media with mostly just Instagram and Twitter um, at mcarducci 96 so people can find me there. Um, I'm not uh, I'm not like a crazy daily user all the time, Tootin, but but you can definitely keep keep up with me there. Beautiful. All right, guys. Well, this has been another episode of the Keeper Connection. This time with Cavalry FC goalkeeper Marco Carducci. Marco, thanks so much for making the time to come on the show, man. I know it's been here and there, but we eventually <laughs> got it together, and dude, it was great. It was fantastic. Thank no, you for having no me. No problem, man. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Keeper Connection. To keep up to date with the podcast, you can follow me on Instagram at the Keeper Connection. If you found this episode helpful, please, guys, feel free to leave me a rating or a review. And I would be ever so grateful if you could share this with anyone else you think might find this information helpful. Again, thank you so much. Until next time, I'll catch you later.